What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk Hurricane Ida, pitched porn payout, dog assisting blind Paralympic swimmer, and the movie we are reviewing today, The Last Boy Scout. Yeah, let's fucking rage! Woo. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic, you got cannabis keen and he's alright. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is Real Buzz Takes with the Real Buzz Crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today we are the Real Buzz 2. I'm Real Buzz Rob. It was an accident, right? You tripped, slipped on the floor, and accidentally stuck your dick in my wife. We've all been there. And on which side of that? Both. The tripper or the, the tripped? I've been the wife. You've been the wife? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. Hi. You're nobody. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> few lines I could find to download from this film. Yeah, yeah. Like two good lines. Two good lines. Bonazawa, Romania. Hello, Keenan. We we took a week off. Uh, we've been doing that a little bit during summer vacation because schedules have not quite aligned, which would hap- would happen in the yeah, summer it's, sometimes. It's been a little bit wild these uh, wild and crazy these last couple weeks. Uh, how's how's your how how was your week? It was it was good. I'm trying to think of what I did. Oh, I had four fantasy drafts. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Holy and Monday, shit. I had a draft each one of those days. How similar are your teams? You know, not so. I have. Do you I, diversify so at least you know at least one team will likely be good? Yeah, in the past I've tried to seek out the exact same players for every team, but then so, it's like all your fuck, eggs in one basket, yeah, man. Yeah, if if all those players pan out, then you're doing really well. Um, so I didn't draft with that in mind, like trying to do that or trying to avoid it. Just, I just turned out of, that way. I try to get the best players. Ah, uh, some similarities. Once you get to the mid rounds, like I took the same flyers in a lot of leagues. Yeah, uh, man. You know, Diversification, players, I think, is always a better route because. You're guaranteed to have, not guaranteed, but you're at least likely at least one of your teams will be followable and you'll be in it toward down the, the home yeah. stretch as opposed to, um, you know, if you have one team for every league or similar teams, then, you know, you're fucked if one team is fucked. Right. And at this point, so that that was the first four drafts. I've got one more on Saturday. So That's too many, Keenan. I know. At this point, when you're in five leagues, you're already going to fuck yourself or, excuse me, uh, screw yourself over. You know, for the younger listeners, of I shouldn't be dropping F-bombs nope. yet. We only get a 43 per episode, so. Oh, well, you should cut that part out. What? Don't don't tell the people. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Where's a neuralizer when you need one? Yeah. At, at this point, though, when you're in five leagues like that, you're already screwing yourself to the point to where you're rooting against players. And, you know, one player is going to help you. That's going to screw you in a different league. So, yep. uh, you know, whatever. Fantasy football. 
Thy name is Fickle Bitch. Yeah. At this, I was in four leagues last year, though, and I got second place in two of them. That's pretty good. Yeah. So with that and the payouts with that, it ended up paying my buy-ins, and then I made like an extra hundred bucks on top of that. So I'm in three leagues. I did not do well in two of them, but in one of them, the last two years, I've been to the championship game both years. Nice. Lost both years. I'm becoming the proverbial Buffalo Bills of fantasy football. Yeah. Or for you Division Two collegiate football fans out there, the Northwest Missouri State. No, you guys won it a couple times. I know, but we went five years. It was on the fifth year that they finally won. They went like oh. 04 or 05, 06, 07, 08, and 09. Yep. I remember the year they did win. That was a it few was my years freshman ago. Year. Yeah, it was a few well, years back. And then, yeah, they've won it like. Jordan Simmons was on that team. Yeah, back in 09. Yeah, I don't know how I pulled that name out of my ass, but I remember yeah. him. I Men's Quincy choir. was too. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had an interesting week, uh, beginning a lot of robocalls. You get those robocalls? Treat me like a robocall. Yeah, but I don't usually answer them. No, so I don't normally either, because usually my phone will say scam likely. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to answer that shit. So I saw an unrecognized number, and I was expecting a call from a company, and I didn't know what their area code was, so I answered it, and I got a sweet robocall. It was from San Diego, and it told me that a Border Patrol agent had just uh, found a courier that had a few kilos of cocaine, and they had my ID. Oh, no. I know. I was very, very uh, troubled to hear this news, needless to say. They also had your face. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I it, the thing is, man, my phone number's not on my ID. Um, I guess they looked me up in the database and they're like, I, I, it's the most insane robocall I've ever gotten. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how, again, this is setting myself up here. I don't know how stupid they think people are, but man, I mean, that's just a why. Like, who would ever believe such a call? So after you, after they say you were found or they found your ID on a drug smuggler, does it, it goes on to say, so call this number. Yeah. And so my question is great. So clearly I'm not the drug smuggler. Right. My ID, he happens to have my ID. I don't know what you want from me. I'd like my ID back. You might end up going to jail for what, for what? For having your ID stolen. I wash my hands of that situation. I want nothing to do with it. You sound like the victim in the crime. I am the victim. Yeah. So, needless to say, I did not call them back. There's some YouTube rabbit rabbit holes I've been down where scammers get scammed by mm. people. Like, uh, Love that. Yeah, people that I are actually it. good at computer stuff, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, they call back to those numbers yeah. and then end up fucking those people over. Just so give I them love watching that. Bunk information and stuff. Yeah. Send them on a wild goose chase. Yeah. I like it. That's, that is... That's street justice is what that is. Absolutely. And I'm for it. I'm pro street yeah. justice. Rob Reed, I'm pro street justice. Hey, all right. That, I'm sure that's not going to get clipped and taken out of context at, it, context at any point. That's that's going to be my campaign slogan when I run for office. Never. <clears throat> okay. All right. Shall we get to the news? The news. I don't smite. Your, yeah, yeah, your old time. My ticker. old timey. That was, uh, that was much better. Tuck, uh, Hurricane Ida. Hurricane Ida has ravaged the southeastern, the southeastern seaboard of the United States, left at least one dead so far in New Orleans, and leaving most of the city without power. Some parishes aren't expected to have power for over a month. God damn. I mean, this, um, this does seem to happen rather frequently in this city and state, and I don't know why anyone of any means stays there. I like New Orleans. It's a fun city. It really is. It's fun for about five days. I could not live there. The humidity's out of this world. I love the culture. I love the food. But also, the city is ravaged once every three years by some act of God, 
that leaves it in such a horrible condition to where it it takes years to recover. By the time they're halfway recovered, they get fucked again. So I don't know like, by, by anyone who has any means to live there. I do understand there's probably people of, of smaller means who can't get away from there, and that's horrible. But my God, just just a shitty. It ha, it just how how do people afford insurance there? How do how is that place insurable? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It is uh, one of America's great cities, but you know it, the Crescent City. It's one of those things that it, it was poor street planning or poor city planning back in fucking eighteen oh two or whenever. Let's add know, the city below sea level. Sixteen forty five. Whenever yeah. I don't know when New Orleans was established, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know. They just keep getting fucked after, you know, time after time again. And it's one of those things that Mother Nature is going to win, you know? Can I tell you my favorite insane thing about every time one of these storms happens? I love it. It's the best thing. I'll watch it for hours. So anytime the, the, a hurricane is in the midst of just a, or in the middle of ravaging the city of New Orleans, there's always two or three weather guys who are I've out there of stuff, in the yeah. fucking shit. Just holding, there's a little, there's a two ton dumpster blowing over him. He's holding onto a tree, trying to tell us what's going on. My, my question is, my God, man, what are you doing? Have you seen the videos though? There was a guy doing that, uh, this past week. And then people, he was like standing there. The dumpster wasn't actively blowing over. No, yeah. I, that's the one I watched. Yeah. And some other guy just walks by in the background though. Yep. Like the winds weren't at, the guy was standing there like, oh, it's so crazy. He was selling it. Yeah. He was just selling it. I mean, can you imagine the audacity of someone to dare and active to, to to actively dare an act of God to kill you. Like, can you imagine how how crazy it would be if one of these men was blown away on live television and just oh, that obliterated? Would be nuts. It, it would it would be horrible. Part of you wants to see it. Ratings though, would know? go through the roof. Oh yeah. My gut tells me there's a delay on those recordings for that exact reason. <laughs> I think there's yeah. a five second delay. So if Chip gets blown away and you know destroyed by a twister inside of a hurricane, you, the kids, the five year olds watching, aren't going to actually see it happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, all jokes aside, you know, I it, Mike's uh, Mike was on the podcast, Michigan Mike. Um, his wife is from there and yeah, that's right, got that's to right. know some of her family and friends for their wedding down there. So I hope they all stay safe. And I was, everyone else. Down I was there. there a week before this happened. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was just fine. And now it's destroyed again. It's yeah. it's insane. And it it's happens every four years. Yeah. Every time a president gets elected, New Orleans is demolished. <laughs> That's, you know, you're not lying about that. So I just, I don't know, man. I, I feel bad. I feel terrible for it's that almost, city. That city's in my thoughts, obviously. Yeah. State of Louisiana and other states impacted too, you know. Yeah. I mean, not, not nowhere as bad as New Orleans because they are below sea level, man. So they are fucked anytime something like this happens i do think it brought some storms up this way though the other day which we needed so uh yeah man i was That's, this uh, morning did you see that one roll in this morning yeah, holy wild. shit came yeah. in hot and it blew right back out it was a quick one in and out in and out speaking of in and out we're we talking about burgers pitched porn payout courts make parents pay child forty five thousand dollars for throwing out his porn a Michigan judge ordered the parents of 43-year-old David Working to Wait, pay... 43-year-old? Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Keep going. Michigan judge ordered the parents of 43-year-old David Working to pay him damages and his lawyer's fees after throwing out his porn collection. Working had moved in with his parents after, after his divorce in 2016. Upon moving out in 2020, he expected his parents to send all of his belongings to his new residence in Indiana. Once his parents were moving his belongings, <laughs> upon finding his collection... They decided to dispose of all of it and told him they were doing him a big favor by doing so. Working then sued his parents and described what they threw away as, quote, a, troge, uh, a, troge, a trove of pornography and array of sex toys. 
Oh man, a tro- like a treasure trove. A trove, yes. Yeah. Booty, if you will. I don't know if I've ever heard trove without treasure, you know? Yeah, I know. It's a booty trove. Booty, and yeah. I will. Yes. And I will, yes. Uh, Judge Paul Maloney said that the smut stash and his emotional smut distress stash. after it was being thrown out was worth $30,000 and his attorney fees cost him another fifteen k. Damn. Well, moral of the story, mom and dad, don't touch my porn. Yeah. Leave man. it alone. Was it uh, religious objections? Is that why they threw it out? They didn't specify. I just... My question is, this guy, you think he might want to, uh, you know, throw him a little bit of a, uh, a bone in regards to what they might find if they're moving all of his stuff. Be like, hey, uh, you know, make sure that you ship all the fragile stuff nicely. I want to make sure it doesn't break in. Also, I have $30,000 worth of porn and sex toys. Make sure those make it. Yeah. Or maybe just don't look in my porn and sex toy Or maybe box. you just move that shit yourself and don't make your yeah, parents. Yeah, maybe that's a box you're like, ah, I've really got to go home. I don't want my parents looking at yeah. the box how, how, thou hath no shame i would never yeah. ask my poor mother to move well now is first of all this guy's jerking off like a pilgrim who has physical porn anymore that's a good point You just move your hard drive that's a good point but he's 43 so he's from the time probably before that the internet you know okay so maybe he's been building that collection up since you know 1982 yeah maybe it is okay maybe it has some sort of value in collector's item okay yeah or nostalgia. What's it called? It's all going to be sticky together anyway. Yeah. You know? What's it called when someone doesn't use technology? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's the technical term, yes. Fuck, I can't... I, I don't know. A Luddite. I th- maybe he's, Luddite, a, maybe he's yeah. a Luddite. Maybe he doesn't believe... He loves pornography, but he's a Luddite. Yeah. Yeah, well, he believes in... VCRs and DVD players. Perhaps. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was just mags, but you're right. There probably are DVDs and VHSs in there. It's like a weird, evolved form of an Amish person that only got up to 2003 and then stopped fucking with technology. He's like the guy that refuses to enter into the 20th century with MP3 and thinks everything sounds better on vinyl, except <laughs> he thinks porn is better on VHS. Yeah. I can I can appreciate that. Yeah, at this point though, he does have a Sony MP3 player that like pre iPod ones. Yeah, that you have little MP3 chips. Oh yeah, those? I remember those. Yeah, that's true music, man. Where's my porn collection, mom? Mom. Yeah, the, I mean the porn mom. That that value worth of porn and sex toys, it's got to be a couple boxes, right? I would imagine it's I would imagine it's a a, a trailer. Yeah. I can't. I mean, thirty thousand valued at thirty thousand dollars. Do you think he had like a decoy name on the side of the box? Uh, I don't think it would have mattered. They were going to find it either way. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a wild story. So, uh, Paul Judge Paul Maloney, you're a true American, sir. Like it says, Chuck's dishes. Do <laughs> not look in here, Mom. Protecting forty-three-year-old losers in their porn stashes by day, saving the world by night. Okay. Moving on. This is a feel-good story. I like this story. I read about it, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, This is a story about a dog assisting a blind Paralympic swimmer. There was a uh, New York resident named Anastasia Pagonis. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, Anastasia. Uh, Three years ago, lost her sight at age 14, and she is now, uh, in 2020, going to, 2021, is going to be representing the United States in Tokyo at the Paralympics this week as a swimmer, which is very, very cool. She took up competitive swimming about uh, six months before she tr- like lost her sight, and she lost it rapidly within two months. And she said the only thing that kept her going was uh, that she you know, kept her motivated was to keep swimming. She got great at swimming, competitive, got to the Paralympics, but now she couldn't go because she didn't have a dog that was eligible to show her around. So enter Radar. Radar is a very cool uh, 
Paralympic dog assistant that was assigned to her and their best friends. Now it's very cute. I like the photos. Uh, it's a very feel good story and uh, nothing but the best of luck to Anastasia in her, in her competition. And, and thank you, Radar. I love dogs. The dog's name is Radar. Correct. Okay. It's, he's got a cool name because he's a seeing eye dog and his name oh, is Radar. Yeah, there you go. Very funny. I like it. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, uh, that's taking that uh, motto. Just keep swimming, you know, literally just keep swimming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I figured some of the some of the news stories, some funny, some have been a little dark. So I'm trying to get at least one that's a feel good. Rob's feel good moment. Okay, we can move on to the TikToks of the week that I chose. There's just a couple. Uh, uh, they're they're very good. Scene. Okay, so this is the first one that. Uh, that nope, that's not it. Come on, Rob. <laughs> this is the first one that I, I, I that I that I I watched that I felt was worth sharing with everyone. I couldn't poop, so I drank some prune juice. I still can't poop, but my gas really stinks, and it's very loud and powerful. That was it. That was it, huh? That was nice. Okay. I was like that. That that man was. Uh, he was sharing something with the world that <laughs> that I don't think anybody needed to hear, but I think it resonates with a lot of people. Well, if if you've ever wondered whether or not prune juice will uh, loosen your bowels, this guy did a test for you. This is a good one. This is an old Band Aid commercial. It's very oh. it's very short, but it's really I think it actually has a very um, uplifting message message at the end that I think everybody would can relate to needs to hear. Only Johnson and Johnson makes Band-Aid brand clear, clearly the best looking bandage ever. Help us help retarded children. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's a real commercial. Jesus. That's what they said back then. That went from six to midnight. No, out I know. Of nowhere. It's just it's just like one of those one of those tags at the end where they're like, hey, man. We we help this charity. Yeah, geez, that's uh, <laughs> oh, the shit. heart is in the right place, but the messaging is is way not. No, that's <laughs> well, that that's just a case of you know, uh, yeah, that's definitely not the way we would say things in twenty twenty. But uh, their heart was in the right place back in the day. Yeah, but until you find out that was from twenty oh eight. No, this looks like it was from the eighties, mid eighties, and I don't know what this one is. But we're gonna give it a shot. Oh, this is the random TikTok Blue, of the week. I would beat off a guy. I would beat off a guy. I would fuck, dude. What, dude? I'm blue. <laughs> I'm blue. Okay, it was just beat off a guy. What, uh, dude? I don't remember saving that one. Maybe that was an accident. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all of them. All right. Well, what? Well, that's uh, been TikTok about it. Oh, I like that. Well, it's called TikTok about it. Rock around the TikTok. We'll, oh, I like that. Yeah, we'll rock we'll, around the we'll, TikTok. We'll workshop that. We will workshop that. All right, now on to the movie we are reviewing today, TLB, The Last Boy Scout. All right, TLB. TLB for short. It's a lot. That's four syllables. Well, actually, TLB is only three, so I guess yeah. it's not really that much shorter. Oh, well, it saves you one. All right, release date, 12-13-1991, director, Tony Scott. Before this, we've done Tony, but we'll revamp it real quick. Before this, known for Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cops 2, and Days of Thunder. After this, known for True Romance, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Deja Vu, and Unstoppable. And um, Did we just do a Tony Scott movie? Not too long ago. I guess we did Top Gun. Yep, that was probably the last one we did. Who did like strip tease and stuff like that? that not Tony Scott. No. No. Bruce Show Willis Girls? was in that. No, not Showgirls. That oh. was... I don't even remember who that director is. Oh, well. Anyway. Cats. Cast away. Bruce Willis is Joe Hallenbeck, and Damon Wayans is Jimmy Dix, which is obviously a very good porn name. <laughs> what are you doing, step bro? 
Honorable Shit. mention to Halle Berry as Corey, Kim Coates as Chet, Daniel Harris as Darian Hallenbeck, Taylor Negron as Milo or Dick. Asshole. Dick. Yeah. He Bro. was also the Argentinians from that one movie that we did. Yep, yep. He's 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 a character actor that really has a wide range. When that dude showed up, I was like, oh, this fucking guy. He can play anything from a white guy to a Hispanic guy to um, I, he's he does anything. He's a character actor. He did a great he's job very, as he's a very bad good. guy, you know. And then also as Dick Buttkiss as himself. Okay. I but fuck Vern Lundquist. No, Vern Lundquist too. I'll put <laughs> Vern in there too. His nose was not as big then as it is now. Holy shit, his nose has grown so much. I know, and it's like Vern Lundquist, he still looked old there, but it was like, man, he looks young. Even though he looks old, this, no, it, like, it was breaking my mind because he looks so old. Dude, now. I always called him Vern the Toad Lundquist before he retired <laughs> because that's exactly what he looked like before he retired. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Vern, you looked like shit. Yeah, it was time to... Well, these broadcasters, they... He's 90, so I mean, I talking, look like shit know? when I'm 90. Yeah. It's nothing personal, Vern. Don't come at me, Vern. You just kind of turn into Jabba the Hutt at a certain point in your life. That's what happens. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you, know? you live long enough, you become... Everything okay, just okay. sinks down. Yeah, yeah, man. It's... No one can understand you. You got drool coming out of your mouth, eating rats. You're some kind of a mob boss. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Bruce Will... Bruce... Bruce Willis. Bruce Williams. Bruce... Willis? Willis. Bruce Williams. W Bruce Willie or won't he? Bruce Winston. Okay. Bruce Winston. Uh, Bruce Willis, we've done him, so we're going to do five fun facts. Over 140 credits to his name. Oh, that's quite a bit. Pretty, pretty bid. Uh, number best one. Best one, Ocean's 12. He's got a cameo mm, in Ocean's yeah, 12. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's his best one. I, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch. Okay. Uh, number one, he has acted in a total of seven movies with the word die in the title. Oh, how so, many of them are die hearts? Well, it uh, looks like five. Okay. <laughs> and then there was uh, two films called A Day to Die and Die Like Lovers. Die Like Lovers, huh? It's an interesting one. Those are two movies that are upcoming. They have not been released. Oh, okay. Okay. Number two, first mainstream actor to do a major voiceover in a video game. It was a video game called Apocalypse back in 98. Okay. Never heard of her. Nope. Married Demi Moore at the Golden Nugget Hotel in Las Vegas. Oh. Interesting fun fact there. That's a good little nugget of trivia. Yeah, man. They, the golden nothing says romance and prestige and like the golden nugget. What year? That was the nineties, probably or eighties. Eighties, yeah, late eighties. Yeah. The Reagan years. Uh, Co-founder of Planet Hollywood, the restaurant fran the restaurant franchise founded with Demi Moore, Sly Stallone, and Arnie Schwartz. Arnie Schwartz. Yep. Yeah, I I, I ate at one in St. Louis when I was a kid. They were cool when I was a kid. They seem kind of uh, Chuck E. Cheesy now. Yeah, well, I think they're only in like major resort tourist trap places. Mm -hmm. There's not many surviving. Like Vegas has one, and like New York probably. Did you hear the South Park guys bought Casa Bonita? Did they really? Yeah, they bought it. Oh, that's fucking. Balling. So it's gonna go under. So the South, since they've got a nine hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, they bought it, and I hope they just South Park the shit out of it. Just turn it into a South Park theme park. I'm gonna be in Denver in a few weeks, and I'm gonna go. Have it, you never been before? No. I See, I went once, and it is already everything they say in that episode. That's so awesome. There's cliff divers. There's Black Bart's Cave. Black Bart's Cave. All that shit is there. Free empanadas if you raise a little flag. Raise the flag. All that shit is there. Oh, I'm excited. Or sopapillas, not empanadas. Sopapillas. Sopapillas, sopapillas. Uh, number four. Sorry, this is number five. Number five. He number. has appeared in three movies that were nominated for Best Picture Oscar. Oh, okay. The three movies are Pulp Fiction, The Verdict... And can you guess the third one? It's uh, more obvious than you think. No idea. The Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So that was fine. Uh, f- five. He sees fu- dead people in that one. Spoiler alert. Oh boy, I haven't seen it. That I see. I hadn't seen that movie till I was like twenty five because it got spoiled for me when I was a young lad. So it's like I don't really care to see it now. It's one of the few movies that if it is spoiled, it really does make it not worth watching. Yeah. It really does ruin the entire experience. Like normally I'm not a no spoiler kind of guy. I'll even look for spoilers. Yeah. But that's one of the few instances where I'm like, oh, no, that ruined the whole movie. Oh, yeah. So by the time I finally saw it, it, you know. Yeah. I've only seen it once. Probably will never watch it again. It's fine. I don't really like Haley Joel Osment either. He used to creep me out as a kid. Yeah, I have a hard time criticizing him as a child. I'll say now he's kind of a fat-looking weirdo, but... <laughs> yeah. Hey, just like me, man. Oh, stop it, Keenan. All right. Damon Wayans. Before this known for I'm Gonna Get You Sucka and Look Who's Talking Too. All right. After this known for In Living Color, Blank Man, Major Pain, Celtic Pride, Bulletproof, My Wife and Kids, the TV series, and then Lethal Weapon, the TV series. Wasn't that recent? Yeah, within the last few years. Okay. Because he plays Murtaugh, and then they had to replace Riggs with, I don't remember the first guy's name, but they had to bring in Sean Elliott because the first guy was, I don't know. Doing something. Effin and Jeffin. Effin and Jeffin? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I I wouldn't want anybody on my set that was. Effin and Jeffin? Yeah. Yeah. Unless Jeff was consensual to it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's just, um, you know. That, I don't know what that means. I, I, he was just up to uh, tomfoolery. Moving on. Nonsense. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, net worths. Two chains. Bruce Williams. Uh, he's. Uh, see, I can't even remember what movie we did of his, so I have. I can't remember this, but I, he's worth some fazools. You got a couple of fazools. Um, two hundred million dollars. Two fifty. Two fifty. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty good for him, too. Yeah. Quarter of a bill. Yeah. Not too not too shabby. Yeah, he's got a couple of fuzzles saved. Yeah. Uh, Damon Wayans. Oh, I I don't think he's got that many fuzzles. Mm. Uh five million. Thirty-five. Oh, well, good for him. The Wayans the Wayans brothers are doing very well. Yeah, I guess so. They they produce a lot of stuff too. They make a they? lot of stuff, they produce a lot of stuff, they write a lot of stuff, and they're also stand-up comedians too. Uh, I, I don't know if Keenan still is. Keenan Ivory is. Is he the Keenan Ivory's the oldest brother? Yeah, he's the one that writes and directs a lot. Like okay. he wrote and directed "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," and I think one of the scary movies. I watched the first scary movie for the first time in twelve or thirteen years the other day. Stands up. Still, yeah? it's still funny. Very nice. It's still very funny. Definitely couldn't be made today. Yeah, but still very funny. A lot of movies from that time. No. Yeah. Way. Oh boy. All right. Specs and eats. Yes, indeed. Runtime an hour and forty five minutes. Budget forty three million. Opened at eight million. Gross fifty nine point five million. This movie wasn't a huge blockbuster success. It did okay. Yeah, this was uh, probably I don't know pre Shane Black Lethal Weapon. I think ninety one. Right? So. No, Lethal Weapon would have been out. That was like mid eighties, eighty six. Oh, okay. Well, I guess people still don't really go see movies just because of a writer. Uh, no, no, yeah, that didn't not back then at least. Well, I don't know. What about the guy who wrote all those movies like uh, Sixteen Candles and shit? Well, he also directed him. Shane Black did. Oh, it. Okay. so Shane Black wrote this movie. He also did Nice Guys and Lethal Weapon, and he wrote Predator too. Um, but people aren't going to be like, oh, it's the new Shane Black movie. What's that name of that guy that writes uh, wrote Sicario and? Um, I see. I don't know. But oh, it's a great I'd writer. See that guy's movie. Oh, that guy's a great fucking writer. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Heller High Water was great. Oh, he wrote that too. Yeah, oh. and he wrote that one with Jeremy Renner, where he's in Alaska. Oh, ah, oh, fuck. 
is really good. When, it is really good. Fuck, it was good. And it has Elizabeth Olsen in it. Yeah. Very uh, good. Something River. No. Wind, Wind River. Wind River. Wind River. Wind River. Wind River. That's All right. it. Good movie. We got there. Taylor something. Kitsch. Now. Okay. It's not Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I don't know. I, I am kind of surprised to hear this movie bombed. It had Bruce Willis. It didn't and bomb. It's... It didn't bomb. It, it probably about broke even. Oh, okay. Well, you know. It, it, it grows 59.5, costs 43. Seemed very early 90s action movie. Yeah. And it, it was pretty wild. Yeah. All right. Plot keywords. I had fun. Oh, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say I had fun with it. I did too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Number one, two-man army. Number two, homosexual subtext. Number three, football assassination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that adds up. Works out. Number four, female rear nudity. Don't remember. Oh, no, no. I do. I do. And then number five, Polish joke. Yeah. Halle Berry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was the Polish joke. It, was, it wasn't even really... It wasn't like an offensive Polish joke. It just was a joke with a Polish. The, there was a Polish man in it. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't it was really... more of a joke on uh, Damian Wayne's. Da- yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Taglines. Shut up, CNN. <laughs> that should just be the transition for every time you go to taglines. Shut up, CNN. <laughs> uh, the goal is to survive. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, Number two. They're two fallen heroes up against the gambling syndicate in pro sports. I, it's a little on the nose. Yeah, pretty on the nose. Though. I mean, that is what this is about. And honestly, that does really explain, like really adds up to really tells you in one sentence what the film is about. But it's also like that doesn't sound all that interesting. Yeah, maybe that's why this movie <laughs> yeah. only broke even. It's a very convoluted plot line. It doesn't strike the imagination. Let's make it more simple. This seems like we're trying too hard. Bruce Willis is in this movie. <laughs> Bruce Willis goes up against a gambling syndication that involves politics and sports. And football. And football. People die. Murder. Uh, And the last one. Everyone had counted them out, but they're about to get back in the game. Uh, Okay. That's probably the best one. That is the best one. That's probably the best one. That is good. Of of the three. Uh, It's not really a football movie, but, you know. It's it is even, kind of. It's not even really a sports gambling movie. It's just that those are elements within the film, but yeah. it's that's not what the film is about by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't write taglines for a living, I guess, but. I don't know who does, and I don't know how much they make, but. I know, but some, I mean, it seems pretty easy. I would be down to do it. I'd be down to, like, copywriting. If someone, if someone was like, hey, we'll give you a job, intern, if you're good, you know, in three months. We'll give you a full salary. I would not do that at this stage of my career. I could not afford to. <laughs> do it on the side, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe. How much time can it take? I can't take that with the, these taglines. Fuck. This is a movie. Yeah, it's like they wrote it right before they had to turn in the script. Yeah. Did you even read this script? No, I just got a fucking list of taglines. I just threw one on there. Taglines sounded great. Yeah. You, a, a mystery about things. <laughs> this movie has action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, it's time for the synopsis. The IMDb synopsis. All right. You know how we do. Please give us your IMDb synopsis, Cannabis Keenan. All right, this is from Ridley Levine. Oh, okay. Thank you, Ridley. Uh, and they're all pretty short on this one, so this is just a third one down. Fuck it. Okay. I haven't pre-read this, really. Oh, good. Yeah, that's part of the fun. No, know? this is fun. I like it. Joe Hallenbeck is a burned-out detective. Should say. It doesn't say this, but he's been to hell and back. Oh, I like it. That's good. That's good. 
Uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy Dix is an ex-LA Stallions player. Hollenbeck was hired to protect a stripper named Corey. <laughs> this is getting so much better. This is great. Dix is Corey's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, this is great. All right. When Corey is executed during a drive-by shooting, both Hollenbeck and Dix try to get to the bottom of the case. <laughs> Dix was trying to get to the bottom I of the case? So, yeah. Okay. In the Last Boys Go. Um, it's just, it's so funny that the, whoever the screenwriter was like, his last name's going to be Dix, D-I-X. Oh, yeah, man. Like, ha-ha Clinton Dix. Oh, yeah, which is, his parents knew what they were doing. Well, not to mention, that writer knew what they were doing by calling him by the last name of Dix. He could have just been like, what was his first, I don't even know his first name. What was it? Jimmy. Jimmy. Just call him Jimmy. Jimmy Dix is an ex-LA Stallions player. JD. Yeah. Again. Old Jimmy Dix. What are you doing, step bro? Jimmy Dix. I like how just shortened to the point that one was. That was written by a minimalist. No, it was great. And it really gets to the heart of the important scenes that went down. Yeah. Like it's important that he's you know, the stripper he was dating and you know. Yeah. It went, and she was she was a stripper, I guess, you know. She was a stripper. I guess I preferred the sex worker, exotic dancer. Um, I don't know if strippers PC these days. I think I think that's what uh, his buddy Mark or Mike or whatever says. He's like, hey, it's hired to protect a stripper. I guess erotic dancer. Shut up, CNN. That was actually ESPN. I really got to figure out how to turn that shit off. Yeah, well, it happens once. Uh, you know, that's once or that's twice, twice in like three minutes. Oh man, news is happening out there. Yeah, it is. All right, now it's time for the Real Buzz Rundown. Keenan and I will go over the movie. We will talk about what we liked, we disliked, anything and everything. Keenan, do you want to start and I'll sprinkle? Or, uh, uh, let's go vice versa. Vice versa, okay. So and I know we talked about this a little bit before the mics heated up, and we kind of have mentioned kernels of this, but the plot's a little convoluted, and they don't really explain why things happen and who and whose motivation to do what and why it's very it's just basically like it's bruce wilson damon waynes and they're gonna go kill people just trust us well yeah well like the one good tagline said uh they were both counted out so damon waynes was a football player jimmy dix jimmy dix was a great football player that got kicked out of the league because he was gambling on sports well, I so that's they didn't really break that down. Was he? It it just sounded like he wasn't wasn't gambling on his game, but just in general was just gambling. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, I mean that's what Pete Rose got kicked out for. Yeah, I guess. but the implication is if you're gambling and you're a player, then you know you yeah, might be not kosher. Yeah, throwing the game because that, it's it's I get it from an ethics perspective, but it seems a little strange in that we have players who do horrendously terrible things like hit women and do other awful shit and you know it's like well four games yeah this is yeah you gamble though lifetime ban it's a, it doesn't seem like it's it's kind of like weed being a schedule one drug in my opinion yeah yeah apples to oranges a little bit a little bit there yeah um but then then you have bruce willis's character who used to be in the secret service and guard the president or a senator or something but oh what a fall from grace he's had yeah then the senator was whipping a woman in some weird sexual shit and uh bruce willis he couldn't stand outside the door anymore and do nothing so he goes and stops the senator and he falls from grace and he's sleeping in a car eating dead squirrels and shit like that so and we're just in just to recap and clarify so he after he saved the president 
took a bullet for him. He was on duty for a senator. The senator was, uh, let's, he had a woman in his room and he, you know, there were two guys standing outside hearing these screams that did not sound um, sexual in nature. Um. <laughs> so he busts in, stops the senator from harming the lady. And so the senator's like, you're fired. And, yeah, he trumps yeah. him. And um, so, yeah, man. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I have that down. Okay. So, so I've got that. That's what is divulged throughout but you still kind of have to read between the lines on some of that shit. they don't explicitly say what happened they just inf they they intuit or infer like this is what happened and they kind of expect you to fill in the blanks yeah and at i'm just i wrote down a, a quote here that since we're talking about it it's almost like shane black just couldn't resist going with the cliche and he really just wanted to uh, write the line a long time ago that son of a bitch saved the president's life. It's a great line. It's just that really establishes that Bruce Willis was a long time ago a hero. Quintessential 80s line. Since he lost his job, he's lost the romance with his wife. His daughter hates him. And now he's a goddamn private detective. Yeah, but he still has a case to solve. That's right. His life's falling apart, but he's still cracking jokes. I did like the starting theme song, which was clearly a knockoff of hank williams jr sunday night football so that, it was friday night football that got me excited i've never seen this movie before it did get me jacked and it was just such a blast from the past man yeah. i know they do still do the carrie underwood sunday night football thing but there was something special about that hank williams jr they, it was they just, brought hank back for a couple of weeks and he got canceled again oh my ratty friends i have a monday night that was good shit man do you remember when he, he was brought back was oh it, yeah they brought him they back, brought him and, back yeah. and he got canceled again i don't yeah. know what he did i don't know hank man. just can't stop saying stuff yeah i like that song but the the friday night it went uh friday night's a good night, night for, for football, football. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh fuck i'm in man yeah, i mean it's not, it, that's a that's just a that's just a factual statement friday I, night is a good night for football and i had no idea because then they started doing the credits through it so at first i thought it was like an in-universe i was like okay i don't know who sheila smith is but then i realized oh shit these are actually the movie credits yeah no in the middle yeah. of the theme song yeah it's no it was great so that got me going and the the first time you see Oh, what's the name of the owner of the L.A. Stallions? Marconi. Marconi. I like to call him Boss Hog. Yeah. Because he came out with his with his big old... He's the owner of the L.A. Senators, Stallions. Or Stallions, But yeah. he seems like he should be the owner of the Texas Longhorns or something. Absolutely. He has Boss Hog vibes. He doesn't have Stan Kroenke vibes. No, but, you know, maybe he's from Texas. Tec and he, he, That's another thing. You got to read between the lines in this movie, man. I did think... I. Didn't know he was going to be the bad guy at the start of the movie, so I thought it was funny when he was being interviewed, and the guy's like, are we starting to see the end of professional football? No, we're starting to see the end of good journalism. See, <laughs> like, yeah, fuck you. This is, a, this is a universe that posits an idea that free agency was going to kill football, which is, okay, easy to play Monday morning quarterback here, but a yeah. wild assumption. Well, and going to the end of the movie when it turns out to be... Uh, his whole evil plan is so that way sports gambling becomes legal. It's like, well, it took you 30 extra years, but still it, not legal. Well, and it's starting to become legal. In yeah, states it's and not stuff federally like that. legal. That's true. I That's mean, true. think about that. It's been 30 years, 30 years since this movie came out. Yeah. And not only is the NFL not dying because of free agency, right. it's thriving. And the Chiefs just paid Pat Mahomes $500 million. And this guy was bitching about Joe Namath getting six hundred k back in 66. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I do think if 
what kind of ruined football with free agency is some of the you know players just standing or staying with teams so rivalries meant a lot more no i agree with you but, you know, it's, but it's not like the nba where you see players jumping teams every year most of the time players don't leave in free agency because if they're good they get paid right yeah but sometimes i don't know it's it's just you don't see a lot I'm of a free fan. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say get rid of free agency. Well, of course not. Means. Well, first of all, but, that yeah. would never happen. It's a free market, Keenan. Capitalism. I've, I've just heard people that were part of like the old Chiefs teams. That, that's when they talk shit on free agency. They're like, well, yeah, I remember before free agency. You, people so had like when, together all the time. You sound like an idiot. No, no, no. Marcus Allen played for Oakland before Kansas City. Yeah. Never mind. That was yeah. not. That was going to be a poor example. Oh, okay. How about this? Um, Jared Allen going to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. I tried. <laughs> oh, is it supposed to piss me off? No, no. I was just trying to throw out there that you know, hey, this free agent. Did that mean? I don't know. I just, I don't know what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. He uh, went for more money. I'm pretty sure. You know, he did. Yeah, good for him. He did. No, you know, he got paid. I'm happy yeah. for him. Uh, all right. So we want to talk about the. <laughs> again, I need some explanation here. I hope you can help me out. This wide receiver that goes on the telephone at halftime and talks to the. Guy. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Hey, you got to score some points. If you man. don't score some touchdowns, man, we're going to come for you. And it's like, all right. And so he then proceeds to bring a pistol on the field. He catches the ball. And am I to understand that he wanted to score the touchdown so he didn't, he wasn't harmed or his family wasn't harmed, but he shot all the defenders with the pistol so he made sure he scored the touchdown? The, he doesn't even end up scoring the touchdown. The, I mean, the, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I mean, when that happened, because I thought maybe he was going to have a heart attack because he also took some pills or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, so he's going to die and it's going to be all like, where are these drugs doing in the NFL? But when he pulled out that gun. Could you believe it? I, no. I, I literally went, what the fuck? He's just to make it clear for people who haven't seen the film. He is the receiver who caught the ball. He's running down the field. He's facing defenders. And he instead of stiff arming, he pulls out a Beretta. And shoots all the defenders to yeah. score the touchdown. He shoots like he shoots the first guy in the face, and then maybe the, he shoots one guy just in the leg. I yeah, think. he caps him in the cap. Yeah, and then he he gets down on his knees and just what he said, life's a bitch, isn't it? And he kills himself. himself. Yeah, I just and graphic like you see the back of his head blow out. I mean, it was pretty gross. That made no sense at all. The means to not justify the outcome, and it it was just like, okay, even if you did score that touchdown, you understand it's not going to count, right? Yeah. It's a gambling thing. You're shaving points, dude. It's not. You're not. And you just murdered the safety for the other team <laughs> yeah. in front of sixty thousand witnesses. I guess you can just say this man had a psychotic break. Yeah, and was just like, all right, well, if I'm I'm scoring this touchdown, and if I don't, I'm killing myself. Yeah, that that was fucking. And that's right after the football Friday night's a great night for football. All this happens in the first five minutes of this movie. I it was, was like, a weird shift in tone. I have no idea what the fuck this movie's about to be. It, but it was pretty I, I was in from from Jump Street. No, no, I am after too. that stuff. Uh, so I want to I want to do a quick misogyny corner. This is this is misogyny corner. Uh, how do we feel about the uh, the finger scale? Okay, the finger scale did make me laugh. When he <laughs> no, said it's it. very funny. Yeah. It, it, the finger scale, listeners, is so, for example, uh, if you give a lady so many fingers, and that's how many fingers she would be worth having your fingers cut off for if God let you have sex with her. So if yeah. she's a three finger, you'd have three fingers cut off if God let you have sex with her. So that's the finger scale. I wonder uh, if you get to choose which three fingers. 
Yeah, it's a great question. Or if it's just three random figures. Yeah, man, if you're going like, hey, man, I if oh yeah, if it, I can get out, like I'll take the ring off both my hands. So you know, that, us two right there. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope thumbs aren't counted because I I would like to keep my thumb. No, I, I I don't wouldn't get rid of a thumb. So I, I it's an interesting scale. I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but I mean, three fingers that's pretty high up on a scale like that. I figure. Yeah, and just the amount of misogyny in the first eleven minutes of this film is pretty wild. We go from the finger scale. To some random football player forcing oral st- to this girl to have oral sex with him in a hot tub. So he's essentially oral sex raping her and drowning her at the same time. Yes, and it's I was just like Jesus. This movie's fucking everywhere. It's so wild. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know what to think in the first three scenes of this film. Yeah, and then it moves on to Halle Berry in a strip club. Very young Halle Berry in a strip club. Well, then you got Bruce Willis in the next scene talking about his own daughter is going to be screwing boys. At 14, she sees like, yeah, she'll be screwing him by the time she's 14. It's like, Jesus, Bruce, yeah. that's your 13-year-old daughter. It's I just, the, the writing, the tone, I, this movie is wild. I, I don't know. What, it's so strange. It's everywhere. And I, I think I enjoy it. It's, it's I definitely, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Because I feel like I need to watch it again. But it's, I, yeah, I don't know. Explain the tone of this movie. It's an act. It's like this was his rough draft, and then he perfected it with the nice guys. Yeah, I thought it was funny that uh, Bruce Willie talked himself out of a, an execution with a Yo Mama joke, which. Uh, Several rapid fire ones. It's like three in a row. He's very witty in this film. The yeah. dialogue is very, it's very tight. It's very witty. Yeah. He can talk himself out of anything. Yeah. And he's never afraid of nothing. He is nothing's nothing phases him. It's so fucking weird. It's like that bone crusher song. Not familiar. Never scared. Yeah, you you definitely probably heard it. I'm sure I have. When I'm outside of the club. You don't know that one? I I, tell the motherfucker. I never scared. Okay, I do know it. I do know it. That's called bone crusher. I think that's the rapper was bone crusher. Interesting. Yeah, I I knew that that was like a viral thing that uh, because I remember there's also a viral video of a guy who got slapped while he's asleep and he wakes up and he goes oh, i never scared and he falls back to sleep it's very funny <laughs> the music video for that song's crazy you should look it up yeah um i think that bruce willis might need to take dorian to a child psychologist given the fact that the first thing his daughter does is the danny torrance bit and she also swears like a seasoned sailor oh yeah it, it, but it just kept reminding me of the daughter from the nice guys kind of yeah but she's less insane she's not talking through a puppet with a funny voice that's true although the puppet does play an integral role in um, them getting out of a really sticky situation at that's the end of true. the film at the end of the movie all comes back around it's also uh, you just dump up upon reflection what a wild scene they're about to murder all of these men and then a child walks in with a puppet and they just all hey they just let's listen to the kid the kid is, says on two different occasions take the puppet He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He says, take the puppet. Do you want to try? And then and then he he proceeds to do a bit as the puppet, yeah. which actually was really funny. Yeah. But it's just like, well, this would never happen. This is insane. Yeah. Why are you letting him do all this stuff? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, just shoot him. Yeah. I I mean, that's it's like, the old Dr. Evil thing, you know? Yes. But the thing is, if it was if, it, if they were doing parody, I would think it was funny, but they're not. Right. They're positing a, a universe where this is a plausible scenario. Hey, man, these hired hitmen and thugs, they're not used to seeing a child, you know? These are below average IQ henchmen. These henchmen are dumb as shit. Yeah. So that's why they see a kid. They're like, oh, I guess we got to, you know, listen to the child. 
Yeah, I also thought it was weird how upset Jimmy was about... Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, about how Joe was about Jimmy's drug use. It was a weird kind of side note where it was like, okay. But the thing is, I really enjoyed Damon Wayne's performance when he was talking about why he was addicted to drugs. That was actually compelling, and yeah. I really very much enjoyed it. But it's just like, dude, Bruce Willis, you're a fucking seedy, alcoholic, terrible father. Like, wh where are you to judge anyone to do a little blow? Give me a fucking break, man. Yeah. You got your own problems. You're like... I don't do drugs. Shut the fuck up. And I mean, they, I feel like kind of try to explain it away right after that when uh, the daughter is like, well, he was your biggest fan, man. So maybe he's just really sad. Oh, to that's see, a good point. You Keenan. know, he was disappointed. It was like he was disappointed because his hero, but he knew his hero was on the smack. He told him when he met him, he's like, yeah, couldn't stay off drugs, lost your career, but he lost his career from gambling. So I don't know. See, yeah, I kind of took it that he's had that built up his whole life and now he's finally hanging out with this hero and he's like maybe thinking he's clean now and then he sees that he's doing and he's like well you know what fuck you yeah no i could see that it's a kind of pent up uh aggression that yeah. you know he's just finally like you know what this is the last straw yeah Coat took a bullet for the president man you're doing cocaine you're you're busting out rails on my goddamn bathroom the cocaine the cocaine how dare you sir get out of my house yeah um it's wild that Bruce Willis pointed a loaded gun at his daughter to steal a guy's car. I th I thought that was some funny pretty though. Pretty crazy shit. He's like, "Give me the keys." The guy's like, "No." He's like, "I'll kill the girl." Uh, okay, I, well, I'll give you the keys. But it's just like <laughs> ease her. What if the gun went off? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's very irresponsible. Why don't parenting. you point the gun at the guy and say, "I will kill you if you don't give me your car"? I guess the guy seemed prepared to get shot, and he he knew the guy wouldn't let him shoot his daughter. Yeah, that guy is the limo driver from Blank Check. Yeah, that guy did look super familiar. He's in a bunch of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you He's kiss. very funny. Yeah. Um, that line delivery with the, ah, okay. Yeah, okay. It got me. Yeah, He's been in a lot of, I can't, like, a lot of stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. He was big, character I, actor. I mean, there were a few people in this movie that, I mean, we already talked about Milo, the uh, the guy from River's Edge, and then Kim Coates. Kim Coates. You gave that. I was like, damn. Which another while, he killed him by shoving his nose into his brain. <laughs> you fucking A killed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> you really killed him. You fucking A killed him. You fucking A killed him. <laughs> uh, the, I also, so at the end of the movie, Joe is somehow exonerated by no evidence whatsoever. There was so many times in this movie, like when they shoot the random guy uh, and it's he's like, like, oh, you just killed a cop or whatever. You've been a naughty boy, Joe. You just killed a cop. And it's yeah. like, okay, they never explain how that got how not solved. How is he going to get out of this? Yeah. You think, oh, there's got to be some treasure trove, if you will, of evidence that completely exonerates him, like recordings, but there's not. Yeah. Instead, he just, they see him kill a man that was shooting down into a crowd on top of some stage scaffolding in an NFL arena. And then he just walks out and says, I didn't do it. And then not only that, he <laughs> then proceeds to punch a politician in the gut and the face in front of police and is still not arrested. Yeah. He assaults a politician in front of 15 police officers and just goes, what can I tell you? I'm innocent. They're like, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, get this guy an award uh, or something. You know what? I believe him. You know what? Make his wife get back together with him, too. That's another thing. They get back together. I really don't think buying a dog is going to solve the marital problems they had before <laughs> yeah. the events of this film started. Well, it's not just buying the dog. It's the fact that he saved the day, you know? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, and, and now she's like, and at the end, the, the one big thing was like, he's like, hey, watch your mouth. He's like, you heard your father. Watch your mouth. And then there's like this big epiphany. He's like, 
oh my god are we okay now it's like no what are you doing <laughs> everything's gonna be all right were, were you that unsupportive of your husband no wonder he fucking hates you if that like makes him be like yeah you're all right yeah if anything the real ending of this movie would be a much more strained relationship because he'd be going through hours and hours of internal and affairs affairs investigations and yeah. shit like that not to mention, he hasn't even processed the fact that she fucked his best friend. Right. And then he watched his best friend get blown up. Which he was still so unfazed about. And she goes, she goes, Joe! And he goes, over here. Yeah, I'm just over here. It, it just doesn't and, seem phased at all. And then, I mean, doesn't Damon Wayne say something like, uh, you, seem, you don't seem torn up about it, or you seem to be talking highly of this guy? Or he's like, why are you still doing it if he fucked your wife? And he's like, is it bad that I kind of... Liked him more than my wife, or he says some shit like that. I'm like, man, I don't know. It, it's there's so many ridiculous elements of this film uh, in uh, just character development, in dialogue writing, in action sequences. It's uh, the more I re fuck this thing, the more I re <laughs> like reflect on what went on in this film. I'm like, this was. Way, I, I don't know why this isn't one more of those so bad it's good movies because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch it again when I'm paying more attention to it. I, I definitely wasn't paying as much attention as I could have. And I think, oddly enough, I think you need to. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking this was just going to be a slapstick action comedy type thing. A popcorn uh, film. Yeah, a buddy cop type thing. This is much heavier than that. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's. I think there's the plot is it. I'll compare it to True Detective season two, in that a lot goes on, and if you're if you don't understand real estate or you know the underground railroad system of some city, you're not you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and that it's such a great cast wasted. Sorry, I digress. Yeah, I wish Nick Pizzolatto just fucked it that one. I I wish that I could have seen season two before season one of True Detective. Just so that way I wouldn't have had season one to compare it to. Well, and then you, maybe I could have liked it. I don't you wouldn't know. have watched season two if you watched season two before season one. Yeah, and if they would have made season two as season one, maybe they wouldn't have got... They wouldn't have. Yeah. They absolutely would not have. Uh, the fact yeah. they got a season three with Mahershala Ali and uh, Stephen Dorff was amazing. Which it's, I still haven't watched. It's good. Stephen yeah, Dorff deserved an Emmy. I don't know if he got one. Okay. He, he was very good. Hopefully he was nominated at least. I, he was nominated. I do know I that. Go for him. Well, Keenan, anything else on the uh, the the the, uh, the whole NFL mob boss plotline? He they made an NFL owner a mob boss. It was weird. Yeah, but also not a mob boss because he uh, Bruce Willis kind of threatens him with the mob at the end of the movie. Oh, he's that's like, right. Yeah, if I die or I kill you, that tape's going to the cops. Huh? And he's like, ah, fat chance going to the mob. He's he has, but he's still yeah he's an evil crook that he has some kind of a crime syndicate and he's affiliated with crooked politicians and I, I don't know he's he's a Texan living in L.A. Yeah man that's for sure his life is strange but uh, yeah no I mean overall I think it's uh, this movie's on Netflix so if it, you subscribe if you have Netflix and you have an hour and forty five if this if this podcast doesn't pique your interest I don't know what will. Yeah, absolutely. Watch the trailer or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't think that will even do it justice. I I mean, I if you're a fan of the movie The Nice Guys, it's worth watching this yes. movie. I will say that. If you do it as a comparative like one over the other study, if you just yeah. kind of follow the films beat by beat and you kind of see how they're alike in their differences and you can see how uh this writer progressed from 91 to 2015, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Keenan, do you know what time it is? 
Drinking Buddies. That's not the right drop. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think it was time for that. It's time for Tipsy Trivia. Scoot up, bop, bop, bop. Episode 95, you think I'd know the drops by now? Fuck's sake. I mean, it happens. The buttons aren't labeled. They're just color-coded. Yeah, and those top, like, three, like the... Yeah, they're all the same color. I did yeah. that for a reason. Okay. I chose the color. Oh, you get to choose yeah, the color. Yeah, I chose the... Yeah, so I know which one's which. So I'm like, oh, I can associate a color with a certain drop. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really still my fault. Yeah, well, you made three of the same color. Right, because those are three of the same drops. It's not worth the audience knowing. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets three of the five correct, I have to shotgun, and he doesn't. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun, and I don't. But inevitably, we will both end up shotgunning because it's that kind of show. Number one. Number eins. True or false? Although buddies in the movie, Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans hated working with each other. I'm going to say true. It's 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> Said, Based on everything I've heard about Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. I think he's hard to work with. I yeah. said uh, people on the set of this film said the problems resulted from there being an overabundance of alpha males. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, who's the third alpha male here? I, I mean, probably Shane Black, the writer of the movie. Yeah, fair. Because he wrote Predator. That's true. Yeah. And Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And Lethal Weapon 2. You're going to do what I want you to do. I've heard that he's kind of super involved when he does shit. I feel like I've heard that anyway. Uh, I believe it. I mean, on a different podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Shane Black, come on here and talk about yourself. Number two. Number five. Over under two million. How much did Shane Black sell this script to Warner Brothers for? Over. Under 1.75 million. He set the record for most expensive script in Hollywood history at that time. It was uh, quickly surpassed by someone very famous, and they, they still a script that was much better. I can't think of it right now. So that was really worthless. I apologize. Uh, no worries. Well, yeah, see, I guess uh, coming off Lethal Weapon and Predator, they're like, yeah, fuck, we got to get the next Shane Black joint. Yeah, no, I mean, he 1.75 million, that's a lot of dough. It's nothing to sneeze at. Number three, over under 103. How many F-bombs are in this film? Oh, uh, I hope over. Under 102. Oh, damn. Came in at a hot 102. Oh, yeah. 102 point F words. Yeah, which is uh, more than we're allowed in an episode. I think we could get, get there if we tried. Yeah, yeah, especially if we have three of us. We had Calvin back here. Oh, we yeah. Can, we can make it happen. It'd be like that South Park where they got to say shit for the first time. They had a little counter in the yeah, corner. Yeah, that's right. Or just in the movie in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four. Which actor was not considered for the role of Hallenbeck? Which actor was not considered for the role of Hallenbeck? So three of these were, one of them wasn't. All right. Which, uh, so A, Mel Gibson, B, Jack Nicholson, I helped you out here, C, Bruce Willis, or D, Russell Crowe? Or did you trick me? No, I mean, obviously Bruce Willis was considered, he got okay. the role. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't consider him, but we're going to give we it to him. We didn't consider him, but God damn it, he got it. I'm going to say D. Russell Crowe, just because I feel like he would have been too young. That's exactly correct. Okay. The, the answer was D. Russell Crowe, which I thought I inadvertently tried to throw you for a loop since you wrote the, uh, the, yeah, the, nice, the nice guys. guys. But uh, Jack Nicholson and Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson obviously makes sense. Lethal weapon, you know, yeah. Jack Nicholson seems like a little old. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think Bruce old. Willis, as much as I hear he's an asshole. Him and Tom Cruise are like this. Every time I'm like, I don't want to support this guy. Oh, they're a douchebag. Then I watch one of their movies and I'm like, 
They can act. You could argue Mel Gibson to an extent. Same thing with Mel Gibson, yeah. I haven't seen a lot you of You could his- argue Russell Crowe to an extent. <laughs> yeah, I think Russell Crowe kind of feels bad about a lot of his stuff these days. And he kind of fucked around with John Oliver, I think, uh, in a fun way. Okay, sorry, you have to elaborate on that. Well, John Oliver, he, he like, got divorced, and he had to auction off a bunch of his shit yeah. to pay, like, alimony sure. or whatever. And... Uh, is that, is that an alimony? Uh, that right? Yeah. Um, uh, Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's correct. Anyway, so uh, one of the things he was auctioning off was like a jock strap that he wore in Gladiator. And John Oliver like bought uh, the jock strap and then donated it to some facility. I don't know. But then Russell Crowe like. What facility would you. you would? I think he actually donated it to. Is there a, a Russell Crowe Smithsonian? Like, I think he donated it to the last blockbuster. Or something like that. Oh, that's interesting. And then, but then Russell Crowe ended up doing like uh, naming. He paid for a koala insemination lab or something like, and he named it the John Oliver Koala Sperm Lab or some shit. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's funny. So I feel like Russell Crowe. He's starting to get the joke. So they're taking the piss out of each other. Yeah, yeah. And he did. I really want to watch that movie Unhinged because I feel like I don't. It's not. It's just him playing himself from it, the mid two thousands. No, it you know? is. It 100% yeah. is. It's uh, it's uncomfortable to watch because there's just a little too much authenticity. See, I thought you would like it. I've never I've only seen the trailer, but it seems like Rage and Rob. It's just a normal Wednesday in your life. No, it is. So I can relate to it, but I think it hits a little too close to home for a couple of reasons. <laughs> One, yes, I think I just identify with it too much. And two, I think Russell Crowe, like, I just think, oh, God, this this role's a little too authentic for my liking. Yeah. Like, oh, I think he has actually... He's not acting like, here. No, this right, is just exactly. a documentary. Yes, this is a docudrama. <laughs> I'm Russell Crowe. This was a day in my life in 2006. Making movies, making songs, and fighting around the world. I heard he responded to the South Park episode about that kind of I, favorably at some point. Oh, too. favorably. Later on, he was okay. like, yeah, I guess they kind of got me on that one. Oi, Tugger! <laughs> All right, number five. Body count in this film. Over, under, 30. Over. Cover the gym. Uh, under, 27. Damn, I think they were all unders. They were. That time, that's why I guessed I over. Mean, I was like, the other see, one's got to be over. There's no rhyme or reason. I did not mean to do that. All right. 27 bodies? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, 27. I think that's Spanish for 27. I was trying to think of how to say like 24 in French the other day. I just could not remember. I still been, don't. Didn't look it up. What are you going to do, man? If you don't use it, you lose it. That's it. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I, I would know. Multiple facets, huh? Yes. <laughs> and when you lose it, it sucks. Yeah. All right. Now it is time for Drinking Buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film we would get irresponsibly shit faced, fucked up, drunk, shy vote, if you will, and I will. With oh, I will. Keenan, who's your drinking buddy? Uh, do they have to have survived the entire movie? No. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm drinking with Eddie Griffin. Griffin. It's a good. That's a good that's DJ a, at the strip club. One of the few really good options. Not a lot of great options in this movie. At first, I thought it was going to be the guy with the three finger scale. Yeah, I did too. It made me laugh, but then he was fucking Bruce Willis's wife. And yeah. that kinda, I don't. You know. uh, I had. I I originally thought I was going to say Kim Coates, but he didn't seem like he would be much fun. I just like oh, Kim yeah. Coates. Uh, you know what? I'm drinking with Boss Hog. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think the owner of the L.A. <clears throat> Stallions probably would have, uh, you know, but that'd be a fun guy to drink with, you, you know? And if you're just drinking with him, you don't know that he's, you know, into all this shady stuff. Oh, I wouldn't care if he was. Oh, okay. That, that's completely irrelevant. Had a pretty sweet indoor pool. Yes, he did. You know? 
at, that he shamelessly walked out of without a shirt on. If I was that guy, I'd be like, can we shoot this differently? You got that much money, dude? That dude doesn't give. Yeah. Well, as a as the character, that character wouldn't care. That's a good point. As an actor, he's committed right. to his craft. You're right. All right, Rotten Tomatoes over under. I will set the critics at a 45%. Uh, over? Yep, 46. All right. I will set the audience at a 70%. Under. 68%. All right. The IMDb rating was? I don't know because it wasn't on Amazon, but I'll take a stab at it. 5.3? 7.0. Really? It's a little high. Solid seven, it's a huh? a little high. I've seen a lot of movies that are sevens that I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great movie. Yeah, I'm surprised that's a seven. IMDb rating's a little all over the place. You can't trust you, it all. You can't pin that down, man. You, know, uh, you go audience Rotten Tomatoes, you can pretty well trust that. Yeah. For the most part, especially with TV. Uh, but IMDb, it's really, it's, I don't know. It's very all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. No rhyme or reason to those uh, reviewers no. out there. Uh, my real buzz rating is a uh, three three out of five beers. That's exactly where I was gonna go. Too. Three out of five. It's it's ridiculous. It's captivating. It's it's fun to watch. It's stupid. It's not. It's funny. Two hours are over. No, it's under <laughs> two know? hours. It's tragic. It's dark. And I would I would recommend it. It is definitely an interesting movie. Um, and you know, for being thirty years old, we're getting to the point to where like nineties movies to me, just because I grew up from that time. Yeah. They don't seem super old, but I could see someone born in like t 2005 watching this and being like, God, this is old as fuck. Yeah, this is like right. when our parents watch Blade Runner and be like, what is this old shit? Yeah, but the the actual, I don't know, the jokes that he makes, those aged, not terribly. I don't know. I think it's a, still an interesting movie, even there, after 30 years. There's definitely some 90s F gay bombs that are there. Um, yeah, I, I I guess I should say like the plot, even though it's complicated. It's still an interesting movie, yeah. even though it's 30 years old. Yeah, you know, it is. You know, stylistically, it's not terrible. Uh, is it good? Visually. I don't, I don't know, know if it's good. It's, yeah. it's, it's worth watching. Jury's still out on that. Yeah, it's worth watching for sure. Yeah. Well, that about does it for episode 94 of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz 2. Keenan, take us out. I think I'm going to go smoke a lot of cigarettes. We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. Bruce Willis. Oh, thank you.